Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. For the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge lined one right down the line. Swung on and lined a right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third, scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another new episode of the Bomber Brothers podcast brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. Sean and Ryan talking about another sweep on another new episode, which is becoming a habit, a very enjoyable habit, I'd say. Uh, If you want to hear us about how great the Yankees are after every series, make sure you subscribe, make sure you review, give us a rating, all that good stuff. And Sean, if we were rating the Yankees right now, it would have to be a solid 10 out of 10. They just swept the Rays. 11. They They just uh, swept the Rays. They've won seven in a row. They have their longest winning streak in the Bronx since, what was it? I think 1961 we're at now. It's been a pretty incredible ride, and now the Yankees are up to a double-digit lead in the division as the Yankees finish the first leg of what many considered to be the first quote-unquote true test of just how good the Yankees are in this 13-game stretch that includes the Rays, Blue Jays, Rays again, and then Astros because the Yankees have been beating up on a bunch of bad teams before this, uh, but now they've got a series sweep against a Rays team that has not only given them a ton of fits in the past, but also were the team right behind them and not right behind them, but behind them in placement in second place. And now they're way behind in second place at 10 games back. I think what, what struck me about this series is the Yankees won in sort of ways that we've seen the Rays beat the Yankees, right? Like a lot of close games where uh, the Yankees played much better fundamental ball than the Rays did, I would say. And uh, that was, that was really exciting because the Yankees did not have those games where the bats were able to carry them. Um, You know, they, they only scored, um, what was it? Six games. Um, I'm sorry. uh, Eight runs in the series. Uh, And they held the race to, to only four. So that's a recipe for success, but the, the Rays 
gave away, you know, some, some outs there and the, the Yankees played really well, you know, Cole gets a big, big double play in, in the game that he starts um, the, the game that Cortez started. I thought he pitched very well. Uh, there was some bad uh, Babbitt luck there towards, towards the end of that game, but um, the Yankees hang on to win. And then obviously, um, you know, you get, you get the excitement uh, last night with the walk-off home run, but I was really obviously stoked with how this, the series went. And also the Yankees faced adversity in the last game with Severino going on the IL. I guess he tested negative for COVID, but he is sick. Um, and, and they had to go to a bullpen game unexpectedly and they're, they're able to pull it out. So, I mean, you know, in, in the second of the last game, the Yankees faced adversity, overcame it uh, with two kind of gutty wins. And, um, you know, here we are a series sweep and a, and a 10 game lead. And, in, in you know, everybody lost yesterday except the Yankees in the division. The Yankees, Yankees are up by 10 as we sit here on May, I'm sorry, June 17th. Yeah, well, technically, not every division team lost because the Orioles <laughs> beat up on the Blue Jays. But uh, safe to say, they're they're securely in in the basement. Although we thank them for their service for taking they took two games from Toronto, right? So I, I believe so. Yeah, so thank you, saying thank you to them for that. But no, definitely what you said about the Yankees beating the Rays in a manner in which the Rays usually or used to beat the Yankees. I mean, you could argue that the first two games of this series were determined by a pair of drop fly balls. And one of them was Brett Phillips in center field in game two, when it should have been Kiermaier out there, who's obviously a phenomenal defensive center fielder, but he had Achilles soreness and he got taken out of the game. So then Phillips comes in, he drops that fly ball, and it eventually leads to the Higgy home run. And, of course, you know, McClanahan still needs to make that pitch to Higgy, so it's not all Phillips' fault. And Higgy now has three home runs in his last seven or eight games, I think. So my 24 home run Higgy prediction is suddenly getting a new injection of life as we're uh, approaching 4th of July. But... Uh, and then going back to game one, I think it was Margot who dropped the ball in right. And then that opened the door for the rally um, against Kluber after he had been shutting the Yankees down for most most of that game. So like you said, the Rays are, are built on defense and pitching. They're actually not a very good offensive team, despite the fact that they are a good team overall. But they were 26 in the league in OPS, so... They don't score runs. They rely on low scoring games and letting other teams beat themselves and using their uh, stable of arms, as Kevin Cash so famously called them, uh, to limit runs instead of generating much of their own. And it usually works. But the Yan- like you said, the Yankees beat them at their own game, three fairly low scoring games, a couple unearned runs that the Yankees capitalized on. And, at a- and suddenly here we are talking about a sweep. Well, speaking of stables, let's talk about the Yankees rotation, um, at least in the first two games of this series, since since yesterday was a, a bullpen day due to the, the Seve COVID stint. I think going into the series, the thing that intrigued me the most was how do Cole and Cortez bounce back after two of their worst starts? I think Cole for his career and Cortez certainly this season. And they passed with flying colors, I think. You know, when we when we talk about Cole, Yankee fans get frustrated. Sometimes he rubs people the wrong way. I'm, I'm one of them. I, I don't know why. I have no rhyme or reason, but Cole just rubs me the wrong way. Dude, that guy put up in a huge spot to set the tone for this series. And that's great to see him able to bounce back after 
you know, the really poor start he had in, in Minnesota. And then you have Cortez too, who, you know, him versus McClanahan, that's probably who starts the all-star game. And he, he straight out pitched McClanahan in that start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not in that camp of people that get bothered by Cole. I think he's, I think he has his hiccups, but he's also long proven himself to be a big game pitcher. I mean, God, look at his performances with the Astros in the playoffs. And then he came up huge against the Rays in the 2020 ALDS in a decisive game five. His, I look back to his complete game shutout against the Astros last season, which was one of the high points of, of last year. And then, like you said, coming off maybe the worst start he's ever had, he shuts down the Rays. He gets a big double play. It was nice to see him get so pumped up after and almost run off the mound. He was so excited to get that uh, to get that double play uh, and got a little bit of help. But I think that was the first first pitch that um, who was it? A Rosarena grounded into that double play. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So and it was out of the zone, but. He went for it. He went for a first pitch breaking ball that broke low, and that's exactly what he was going for was that crown ball to get out of the bases loaded jam. So huge, huge for Cole, huge for Cortez. Like we said during the series preview, that was that was the game we had circled. That was that was a game against that pitted two Cy Young, early Cy Young hopefuls against each other and two pitchers that are going to be bidding to compete in the all-star game and, and Cortez, Cortez won the battle. I mean, McClanahan pitched pretty well too. Like we said, he made a couple mistakes. Uh, one of them to judge in the beginning of the game who, I mean, that pitch right there shows you what, what an MVP is against one of, uh, against one of the uh, Cy Young candidates of the season. But yeah, McClanahan pitched pretty well too. Just had a couple mistakes around a mistake in the field that he couldn't, bail his defense out of but Cortez on the other side he was he was great I mean third time through the order he started to run into a little bit of trouble they got Boone got him out of there in time and Lecky survived some bad Babic Babip luck and we had the whole delay and the umpires trying to figure out what exactly the rule the rule was for that or it was more of like a timing thing they were trying to figure out but in the end all wins for the Yankees and I'd say all all good. I mean, it's hard. It's very, very hard to find anything about this team to say you're worried about or to complain about. It's, I mean, this is the best team in baseball. They're more than 30 games over 500. They've scored the second most runs as of today on the 17th, I believe, and given up the fewest, which is the combination you want. Um, and yeah, I thought that, that for the second game was huge. Cortez bounces back, like we said, but also, I mean, Peralta really, you know, got some big outs there. And then, you know, you talked about is, is Litke, it looks like he's growing the stash out a little bit. I couldn't really tell I'm on vacation. So I'm watching the game on my phone, on the iPad, but um, yeah, it looks like he's starting to join the stash crew, which obviously would improve his performance. The metrics just, you know, they say that. So yeah, look at and, Carpenter uh, and Cortez. Exactly. And, you know, just to be clear, I think Cole is, is, you know, I don't have any question about his talent, but just, you know, some like the way he was yelling at Billy, Billy Crystal just kind of personally annoys <laughs> me. It's not, I don't have any, um, no, any that was problem with his, with his performance. I think he's, he is an ace and, and I'm glad he's on our team, but you know, just sometimes, you know, you just warm up to a guy, you know? Um, if Greg Bird and Garrett Cole were sitting at a table, I'd go sit next to Greg Bird just because I'm a, I'm a Greg Bird stan. But he is not going to hit his at-bat thing most likely because, man, what a huge game for, for Rizzo last night. Um, 
providing the offense while we had the one of the more quote unquote heroic performances by the bullpen in terms of what they had to do, obviously with Weber in there as, as the nice story, but um, what a, what a great night for, for the, the Yankees. I mean, you have Schmidt, Weber, Marnasio, and then King close it out or, or King getting the win rather. And uh, I mean, who, if, if I told you those were the four pitchers that pitched in the game last night, you'd probably say the Yankees lost, you know, like seven to two. That, no, absolutely. I, we get the Severino news just hours before game time, which was a huge bummer because I've just loved watching Sevy pitch this season coming off his first full season after Tommy John surgery. It's just been so great to see him bounce back and be so successful. So on one hand, you're just bummed because you want to watch Sevy pitch. And then on the other hand, you're like, well, good thing we took two out of three because now this one's looking like it's going to be a tougher one to to take from from Tampa. But, I mean, Schmidt was unbelievable. Three innings, one hit, and five strikeouts. I mean, he was he was fantastic. Weber comes on after literally just joining the team. He signed the minor league deal in March, and then he brought, came, brought up to the majors just to fill in for today, and that was it. I mean, he was uh, – what, he was dfa right after. They'll pro- hopefully sign him back to a minor league deal. But, I mean, three and two-thirds, he makes the one mistake on the home run. And then Marinaccio, 1.1 shutout innings. King gets the win with a shutout inning. I mean, nine innings from this group. King is the only one you really see much of in any kind of high leverage spot. But nine innings, three hits, one run, two walks, nine strikeouts. I mean, it, it littered in that nine innings of brilliant pitching was just one mistake. That was it. How much How much of this do you think is the Matt Blake and – how much do you think is the offensive environment? Because I, I mean, it gets to a point where you're like, this isn't a mirage, this is working, but I don't know. I don't know what it is that's working. Like when you look at it, it's like, you think like, you know, you have your, your doubts, like can Cortez keep this up? Can the bullpen keep this up? I think you're pretty confident in guys like Cole and Seve. they've shown that stuff, but there's other guys where you're like, can they continue this? And, but I mean, we're 47 and 16. It's not, it's, you know, it's not like we're 10 and two to start the year and it's only a 12 game sample. We, you know, we're, we're here towards the end of June. Yeah. I would look at, look at Severino. He found his change up a few years ago to give himself that reliable third pitch. And then he took his game to another level and Cortez found his cutter. Thanks to CC Sabathia last year. And you know, a lot of people forget that Cortez was still really good last year as soon as he went into the rotation. So He's not as much of, you know, an out of, obviously this level of success is out of nowhere, but I think he found that cutter. And then you have a pitching coach in, in Matt Blake who was, you know, helmed as this guru when he first got here. And he can probably help Cortez, uh, you know, get the most, most spin, most horizontal movement on that cutter to help him take that over the top. And then you have Montgomery who was solid as as a rookie and he's shown himself to be solid after Tommy John surgery so I think I think you have these pitchers with good foundations who now have this brilliant pitching mind on their side and it probably helps take them take them over excuse me over the top but yeah just I think when the collective as a whole is pitching this well you you have to look to the pitching coach as one of the biggest reasons why. I mean, he's Matt Blake has done a phenomenal job. I mean, Michael King came into this season and all of a sudden was throwing high nineties with that sick horizontal movement thanks to the 
you know, seam shifted wake movement that's going on around the league now. And then you have Holmes. I mean, geez, look no further than, than him. I mean, he had a career ERA of somewhere in the five range with Pittsburgh before the trade last year. And now his ERA with the Yankees since, since the trade last summer is below one. He's thrown 28 straight scoreless appearances. His next one will break uh, Mariano's record for the, for the most ever in Yankee history, which he set in 99. So I think you have all these guys that are suddenly breaking out of nowhere and you have a pitching coach who can maximize their abilities and eliminate what's not working. I mean, home, I think when Holmes got here, he was using a fastball a good amount and they've basically just completely gotten rid of that. And now he's, you know, one of the best relievers in the league. So I, I'd say the props go to Matt Blake. And I would also say that this does have, staying power because of him yeah i mean you know it's the only thing you worry about is fatigue but they're able to plug guys in to give guys breaks and and you know they still produce at at a relatively high level just just like yesterday i mean nine innings and one one run allowed that that's pretty nuts and then of course you have rizzo who ties the game with single in the sixth and then hits the hits the walk off homer in the ninth and i mean like i i think this is part of the thing that excites me about this team is, you know, you have Judge and LeMahieu walk right before the Rizzo homer. I'm sorry, right before the Rizzo single. This team doesn't need to sit around and wait for that home run. They they put the ball in play a little bit more than they have in the past, which obviously is scary because you can get more double plays, but they're also putting the ball in the air a lot. You know, how many times have we seen them have a runner on third, get the run in with sack fly? Uh, Rizzo puts the ball in play, scores a run, and then they show you in the ninth inning, oh, and by the way, we're still the Bronx Bombers. We still hit a bunch of homers. That's what we're based on is, is hitting home runs, um, as they showed in the middle game of the series. And, and Rizzo goes deep and just an awesome, awesome. I mean, anytime you get a walk-off home run, it's great. But to do it against the Rays for a sweep, what an exclamation part, uh, point on a series that, you know, not buries the Rays down 12 games, but certainly makes it almost – you know, impossible to think that they could catch us. And then Toronto's 10 games back now too. So, you know, when, when you gain on Toronto and Tampa Bay, and I guess Boston at 13 and a half back now, uh, all in the same night on a walk-off home run, it's perfect exclamation point, not history with an exclamation point, but still, uh, <laughs> you know, a perfect exclamation point on a series and uh, just, you know, something to get really excited about. The the view they showed, I don't know if you saw the Yankees tweeted it out from like the the visiting on deck circle of Rizzo yeah. hitting the home run. Just that, that was so that, I mean, as a hitter, you know, like watching the ball from that angle is just the greatest, greatest thing in the whole world. And to, to see the Yanks tweet that out was, was pretty sick. Yeah. You, you mentioned cutting back on the ground balls and makes you have you know PTSD in a sense, thinking about all the double plays that the Yankees grounded into last year, they were among the, the league leaders. And now they're at, at now they're atop the league leaders in walk-off wins. That was their eighth walk-off win this season, most in most in the major leagues. And also, this was from Katie Sharp, but the Yankees are 14-4 and four in one-run games. So they're getting it done. They're getting the big hit. They're getting the big sh- uh, shutdown innings from the bullpen. And, you know, you see that and you think of, like, previous playoff teams that got into the playoffs and maybe they didn't have the – run differential and they were just getting very fortunate in close games. That's not the Yankees because they're also leading the league in run differential. So blowouts, close games, the Yankees are winning every kind of game you could imagine. And whatever they, or whatever, whatever they seem to need, they seem to get is who who said that Joe Buck in the 2001 world series. 
when Soriano made yes, that dive. In yes, that was a so. yeah, good good World Series video reference there. <laughs> so they're uh, yeah, the Yankees are are winning in every every way imaginable. That was also their. I think we just I think we mentioned it earlier that was also their eighth series sweep and they still have not been swept yet this season. So just I don't know, whatever number you want to throw out there, whatever accolade the Yankees season has been incredibly fun so far and they're just a really, really good team. I think they're they're tops and run differential. Like any way you like you said, any way you slice up the team, you can't find a way to knock what they've done. Obviously, we don't know what they're gonna do in the future. Um, that remains to be seen, but at what they've done so far, just absolutely historic. I think they have the same record as the 98 Yankees at this point in, in the season. And they're on pace for last time we talked, it was 119 wins. Now they're on pace for 121 wins. So, uh, pretty cool to, to be sitting here talking about a sweep, especially after we start this, uh, gauntlet of, of, a you know, of, of a stretch in the schedule that we, you know, I don't want to say we were worried about, but we were kind of intrigued to see how the Yankees would respond. And boy, does leg one pass with flying colors. Yeah, that was, that was a phenomenal series. Couldn't have asked for anything more, maybe just not Severino getting sick, but now he's back already. So it seems like he'll, he'll be okay. Um, but again, make sure you rate review and subscribe to hear us talk about all this Yankee wins and all this Yankee excitement. Um, but yeah, Sean. So again, we're talking about how good the Yankees are singing their praises and trying to cut up any, which way this team is so good. I mean, you just mentioned how they're on right on par with the 98 team. They're right on par with the, the rest of the best teams of all time. I mean, there's been, I think, I think the graphic I saw yesterday was that there've been four teams that have started off this good or five and all of them have won the world series except one, which was the 2001 Mariners who were beat by, by the Yankees. So I'd be just aside from seeing a new stat every day that shows how historically good this team is. I mean, just, just like outside the numbers, just what's your excitement level been of getting to watch the best team in baseball and the, you know, historically one of the best teams ever up to, up to this point in the season. I mean, it's, it's appointment TV every night as a fan, you want to get out to the stadium and try to try to soak this in as much as you can, because we, you know, Yankees have been successful, but also almost to the point where you felt they could have been more successful 2018. They had the nice winning streak in, in May. And then they kind of played, near 500 ball the rest of the season 2019 they had a good year but it was marred by injuries and then 2020 and 2021 were both extremely frustrating years this year you know they've sustained it through the third the third of the season and I mean it they're playing so well like it's at the point where if they lose two out of three against Toronto I'm not I'm not going to be upset. Like, it's like, Hey, they've been playing great ball. Just sometimes that's the way it goes. Like when you're in a year, like you are in 2021, where you know, it's going to be super close. You're sweating out all of those games. Now you could just enjoy it for what the Yankees are. You don't have to get upset. If one starter has a bad start because you have the patience now to say, Let, let's wait. So you can really enjoy it. I think that's a big thing for me. Like I saw people upset after the twin series at Cortez and Cole for, for the performances and even Tyone, I guess. But, um, you know, the team has such a big lead right now. It's like, hey, let them play it through. And then you can see the next time through the rotation, they're fine. I mean, I know Tyone didn't pitch great his last time out, but it, it allows you more breathing room. It allows you to really enjoy baseball for what it is. It's a marathon. And right now the Yankees are just, you know, kind of jogging out in front. And we don't have to be sprinting full speed. 
And that that's really exciting. And just, I mean, for me, like to be able to win in all these different ways, that really excites me too, because I feel like in, you know, you know, for the last few years, you're just sitting around hoping for a couple walks followed by a, you know, a judge or a Stanton home run. And uh, it's cool that they can still do that. Like we were saying, but also there's different ways they win games that, um, you know, I'll say is like more, it not more, but it's also aesthetically pleasing to watch IKF, you know, drive in two. Well, I, he drove in one, but to, to get the hit, like he got the other night or, or, or Rizzo to rope one over, like it's, it's fun baseball. And, with who knows what's going on with the baseball in the league with juice versus non-juice, but you need to be able to win games in different ways, especially in the, the postseason. You need to get base runners, get pressure on, and uh, and the Yankees are are doing that. Yeah, I mean this Yankee team right now, it seems seems like they have everything. I mean, you you have you have the best team in baseball, so you you have the excitement and just in sheer terms of a win loss aspect. Then you have one of the best rotations in baseball, so it's it's one of those teams where every, you know, every morning you wake up and, you know, open up the MLB app, remind yourself of who's pitching that morning. And you're like, all right, cool. They have a good chance. They have a good chance to win. I mean, that's, that's what it's been every day for a good while this season. Then you have the offensive centerpiece in, in judge who gives you that, you know, 2017 level excitement aspect of, Oh, can this guy win an MVP? Um, and now it's it's now it's can this guy break the this historic franchise single season home run record? This then you've got then you've got Stanton who is you know obviously a stat cast machine. He had that 120 mile an hour home run against Chicago. You're just always waiting for him to do something crazy that breaks the uh, stat cast database. And there's just so many areas of this team where you can find excitement. Then you have the out of nowhere guys. You've you've got Holmes who you can watch. You've got Trevino who you can watch. And and then just back to Holmes for a second. He's you know with Chapman on the shelf still. He uh, you know you have a much much greater sense of security I think in late and close games because Holmes doesn't really have that. Chapman tendency to completely lose the zone every now and then. I mean, Holmes has just been so reliable. So uh, there's just like, uh, and then you've got, you know, the cold Cortez contrast where you can watch a guy throw in the high nineties and mow down guys. And then you've got someone who throws in the low nineties and can still um, outmaneuver a good lineup two or three times through. So every, everything you could want in a team right now, the Yankees seem to have. Yeah, I think, too, like one of the things you're talking about, like, oh, you're excited to go out to the game. But I mean, what's cool, too, is no matter who's pitching, you're you're excited. And I mean, for me, like if it's Cortez Cole or Severino, I'm really excited to go to a game when any three of them are pitching. And that's nothing against Tyone or Montgomery. If my Tyone or Montgomery are pitching, you're like, okay, we got a really good chance to win. Like, you know, but it's it's just it's crazy how good the rotation's been it. It, you really feel like like the 98 team with, you know, I guess, except for Arabu, you really feel like you have a, a chance to win no matter who is the starting pitcher on that day, because, you know, you're either going to have the advantage or or pretty much a stalemate in terms of the the starting pitching matchup. And the Yankees bullpen is, is going to outclass any other team's bullpen. And the lineup is pretty much better than every lineup in the league. So that's you know, that that's a recipe for a lot of success. And, and also. I mean, I think as a fan, you enjoy that the rotation has taken among themselves to go a little bit deeper in the games. Like, I think that is kind of exciting when you see like these guys push, pushing in 
like to the sixth or the seventh inning. Um, I don't know. Like as a fan, I I do enjoy that. Um, But, and then like the other thing too, like I get excited just thinking like Stanton is due for another one of those runs, you know, like Donaldson is due to go on a run here soon. He hasn't really had that, you know, so it's like, okay, somebody might regress, but we have guys that are kind of like waiting to, to have that carry the team week or two weeks. And, you know, you just, you think about the possibilities of what it could look like. And, and obviously, you know, you're not disappointed if you, they don't have a historic season, but it's cool to think about their, they've put themselves in a position to, to do that for sure. And, you know, I think that like the only, the only black cloud as a fan I think about is when Chapman comes back, I don't want him as the closer. And I know that kind of made some news this week, but I hope that that's more of massaging Chapman's ego and they're going to maybe give him a save here or there when Holmes is tired, but I don't see how you can move Holmes off that. He, I picked him for the belt this week and he had a huge week with, with two big saves, but, um, but yeah, I, that, that's the only thing that, that right now as a fan, I, I'm even concerned with. Yeah. I, I, you know, and to anyone who didn't see that from Boone before Wednesday's game, he had said when Chapman comes back that Holmes is going to be deployed in high leverage spots against the best parts of a batting order. And he's going to quote unquote, close some games too. So obviously that leaves the door open for Chapman to close games. Um, like you said, I, I, I have enough faith in Boone that he's seeing what Holmes is doing and what Chapman, not just what he was doing before he went on the IL, but what he's been doing in recent years too, in terms of these sudden fits of control issues that can derail a game. So I have all the faith in the world that Boone knows what the obviously sensical thing to do is, which is to keep Holmes in that role. And, 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 you know, and if there happens to be a point in a game where it's a seventh or eighth inning and there's a runner on and the tying runs at the play and they need, you know, they need two or three outs and he wants to bring in homes because at that moment it's the biggest spot in the game, then sure. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, you can't, can't keep your best bullpen arm in the bullpen just waiting for a hypothetical save situation that doesn't come. So if that's what he was talking about in terms of getting homes in the most important parts of the game, then, then I totally get it. Yeah, that that's fair. I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I just don't want them to think Chapman is the Chapman from, you know, the beginning of last year where he was really good to start the year or, or other years where he's been dominant with the Yankees because he's, he's had a rough go of it um, this season altogether. And you know, I obviously you got two, three, four coming up in the eighth inning. Go, go throw Holmes out in the eighth inning. But if you're going to be setting up for a high leverage save, I want Holmes out there. Sorry about this bird that's in the background, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you're on, uh, you're on vacation, so that's probably one way to to ruin a vacation is having that bird wake you up in the early hours of of the morning. But I had a lot of a lot of good Yankee reading to do while I was up early to you know, think about this, this nice winning streak that we're on. It is, it is a nice winning streak and it's going to be put on the line again, starting tonight as we record on a Friday, because the Yankees have the Blue Jays coming to, or they're going to Toronto to face, face the Blue Jays who, while they're 10 games back, they are, I would say the Yankees top competition in the division. I mean, they have a, a feared lineup. They have a rotation that took a little bit of a ding with, with Ryu now out for the season, but they still have a Cy Young candidate and Alec Manoa. And, and yeah, this should be, this should be a, 
a tough series, one of the toughest the Yankees have faced so far this season. So we'll start with game one. We've got Monty on the mound. He's going up against Ross Stripling. This is actually a rematch of a Yankees-Blue Jays game on May 2nd. And in that one, Stripling went four innings, six hits, two earned. Monty went five innings, two earned. It was a 3-2 win for the Yankees. Uh, but Sean, I, I, I mean, Stripling's having a, a good year. His ERA is just a little bit above three, but obviously Monty, along with the rest of the rotation, is having a fantastic year. So I think this one is, I think we could be in for another another close, hard-fought game that could come down to the bullpen, which obviously for the Yankees you would want because they would have the advantage. Yeah, especially after last night where you had a lot of the, um, you know, not the top-tier arms throw, you, you know, you got to – give some guys a break yesterday, except, except for King. Um, so the, the bullpen really, I think will probably come into play here and the Yankees are well suited for that. And, you know, I, I always think like, Oh, Montgomery's really not suited for the blue Jays lineup, but he seems to pitch. Okay. Against them. I mean, I not super concerned about, about that. I think, um, I think the first game is going to be probably the on paper. It's the, it's the most closely contested of them all with uh, the blue Jays having the advantage in the middle game. Um, and I, I think the middle game is really important because Tyone has looked off his last two starts. If he, if he pitches well, I mean, think about how much confidence now you have in another guy going forward where you're like, ah, he's kind of maybe going through something here. And, you know, you know, he'll work his way out eventually, or you hope, and you know, you're not panicking, but you're also like, you want to see like when that eventually happens, it'd be great if he could have a great start, but going up against Manoa, that that's going to, that middle game is going to be a tall task on Saturday afternoon, which I like that three o'clock start, by the way, I like the later afternoon start on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That, that is going to be a, a fascinating game to watch because if there, if Tyone is indeed struggling of late, then he will get very much exploited by the blue Jays lineup just because of how scary they are. But he has allowed 16 hits and seven earned runs in his last nine innings of work. So that is to quote Joe Girardi, not what you want. And uh, Manoa has been the exact opposite, particularly against the Yankees. I mean, he's, allowed one run over 12 innings of work against the Yankees this season and 14 strikeouts in that span. I mean, he's been fantastic against the Yankees since he made his first start against them. What was it last year? He made his first career start against oh, yeah, the Yankees. MLB debut. Yeah. Completely shut him down. So, I mean, Manoa has always given them, given them trouble. Um, and Tyone, this is going to be his third time already facing Toronto, but his two were two, first two were very strong. He, uh, Oh, sorry. This is his fourth time facing Toronto already. Overall, he's allowed five runs in 16 and a third with just one walk, very on par with his season so far. And then he actually faced them two straight times in May and allowed three runs over 11 and a third. So those are really good numbers. That was when Tyone was at his best. Like we said, he's been struggling a little bit of late in his last two starts. He struggled against the Twins, who have a very good lineup, and he struggled against the Cubs, who, while they're not a good team, they're an awfully pitched team with an with actually a fairly decent lineup in terms of team OPS. So that's not going to change with the Blue Jays. They're, that's actually only going to get harder. So we'll see. We'll see how much of a rut Tyone's in, or if he's out of one. Cubs lineup has been doing more pitching than the Cubs yeah. staff lately. But yeah, I mean the you know like like I, I said that I'm interested to see how Tyone responds. And then in the last game, the Yankees have the advantage where you have Cole against uh, Kikuchi. So 
Um, just because of the way baseball works, the Yankees will probably win the middle game and lose the last game. But I mean, I think the, the, the clear swing game, if you will, is actually going to be the first game. And then, you know, you're, you're going to have need something unexpected to happen in, in the other two games to get a different result. But, you know, we'll see. And that, that's what's fun about baseball. Um, you, you never know. Yeah. I mean, in terms of that third game, you mentioned the Yankees should have the advantage. I mean, Kikuchi has not been great this season overall. He has an ERA in, uh, over five, 5.19, but he's actually been pretty good against the Yankees. He had that one dominant start when he went six innings and I think he was flirting with a, with a no hitter for a little bit in that, in that start. And overall five earned runs in 14 and two thirds. And then he faced the Yankees two times in a row in early May, and he only allowed three runs over 11 and a third with 14 strikeouts. So the Yankees have actually had some trouble against Kikuchi this season. Cole, on the other hand, has only faced the Blue Jays once, and that was in the beginning of the season. He allowed three runs in five and five and two thirds in his second start of the season. That was, that was the Vlad Jr. game, right? Yeah, that was when he yeah when he tipped his tipped his cap on that really good pitch he made to Vlad that he turned into a double after he had hit the home run off of him. So uh, that was that was very early in the season when Cole was you know kind of going through it before he really turned it on after. Uh, three or four pretty pretty poor starts so that's it's it's going to be an interesting series I mean you faced you just came off facing a Rays team that doesn't have the best lineup but has a really really good pitching staff and now you're going up against a couple a couple solid starting pitchers one really good starting pitcher and then a lineup that is much much more bruising than than uh than the Rays but it's also baseball, so you don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, this is a Rays team or a Jays team that just got blown out by the Orioles uh, last night, so or yesterday afternoon. So we'll see. I mean, again, it's it's the Yankees, so you can't can't go into this series not thinking they have a solid chance to win this series. Absolutely, and I think they've shown like, hey, they they play the Twins, who have a really really good offense, and they outslugged them that series and, and took two out of three, and then they did the other thing against teams that. You know, they were able to, you know, the Rays where they outpitched them. So we'll see. Hopefully the Yankees could do some slugging again. Um, good hitting ballpark up there in Toronto. And we'll see what happens. But as far as uh, as far as my belt pick goes, I'm going to go a little bit off the board. I'm going to say Gallo comes up with maybe two big home runs this series. I just got a weird feeling. I'm gonna I'm gonna call myself the winner last series because I think I think no, Holmes yeah, had two right. saves and I just I kind of felt like it was gonna be a tight series. That's why I picked him and you know to nail those first two games down and ensure the series win in, in tight situations. I thought he did a he did a great job and I don't think we could really pick anyone from the offense that series. I mean you you could pick uh, you know you could pick Cole for the great job he did, but yeah, no, I th- I, th- I think it's Holmes. We'll see. I mean Gallo is definitely a, a dark horse candidate. We just talked a couple pods ago about if him and Hicks were figuring it out after the Minnesota series. And since then they've combined for one hit. So (laughs) they're back down in the dumps, but um, I'm going to go with Stan. Uh, Like you said, Stan's due to go on one of those runs. Maybe he rediscovers it where he made his big Yankee introduction on opening day in 2018, where he hit those two home runs up in Toronto. So I am going to go with Stan. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully one of us are right and the Yankees get a, a series win, but they're so good right now that they're going to be in every series. So we'll see how this tough stretch continues. 
But thank you to everybody for listening. Again, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. We're here after every series, and those have been series wins a lot of the time, so it's been a lot of fun. And we will talk to you on Monday after this big series in Toronto. Talk to you later, everybody. Let's go Yanks.